What's up, you guys? Uh, I'm back with another episode of our series, our, our show, Let's Talk Sports with AP. Uh, I know it's been a while for any of you guys keeping up with these episodes in this series, um, but, you know, it's busy. And uh, I, I'll say that, you know, <laughs> this is one of the reasons, but I, I wanted to kind of let the sports world kind of get in this melting pot, let the off seasons continue for uh, college football and, and now the NFL with a bunch of free agency and, and trades, which we got a few to talk about today. Uh, and then basketball. I mean, there's only so much you can cover weekly with the NBA. So I wanted to let that stir up a little bit and cover a bunch. And then we're going to get back into the swing of things. Um, uh, kind of super busy past few weeks, but uh, I'm back on a new schedule. So, uh, you know, this episode is going to be, it'll be Wednesday morning. I think it's, it's when it's going to come out. But uh, as of next week is Mondays. Every Monday we're dropping an episode. I know it turned it out. It, it turned out to be like a Fridays and stuff like that. When I was first dropping the videos, that's because we were right at the beginning of the playoffs and it was hard to really get that content in on time because you had to predict, but they happened on Saturdays and Sundays and you didn't want to wait until the next week afterwards. So we are episodes every Monday now. And uh, I mean, let's just dive right in, right? So let's start with the NFL because we got a decent uh, amount of basketball to talk about. Uh, in, in, in certain recent NFL news, uh, we got two potentially massive pay cuts for uh, some of our veteran quarterbacks in the league, Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. Um, both of which I can probably assume are retiring. And, and I would say as a Saints fan, I'm pretty confident in Jameis Winston, but I'm I, I, I'm also confident in the fact that Drew Brees is is pretty much all but <laughs> I mean, there's really no way that he stays, in my opinion. Uh, I think it was 25 million a year for him, and he's taken the league minimum for the veterans, so he's like one point something mil. Uh, he's taking a pay cut to help out with the cap space because Lord knows the Saints need it. We're about 95 million over the cap uh, the cap limit. And then, you know, the uh, Big Ben's doing the same kind of thing. I think he was around $25 million as well. He's going to take the league minimum. He'll probably stay on one more year, though. I think he really wants to, like, save cap room for any – like, to bring back these big role players. Uh, Minka, I, I don't know what his contract's looking right, like right now. Uh, Joe Hayden, people like that on defense because they need to keep that defense alive. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure he's probably just taking a pay cut so that he can try to make one last run at a Super Bowl if he is going to stay. But otherwise, he's probably going to retire. Um, other than that, you know, speaking of retirement, you know, we've got Philip Rivers. He finally retired. Uh, I've always had mixed feelings about Philip Rivers. I never really liked the way he played, but he is a Hall of Famer, most likely. Um, you know, he, he's got pretty good career, not pretty good. He's got great career stats, played a long time. I think it was 17 seasons, uh, started with the Chargers, ended up on the Colts, which I didn't understand that move, but we'll get into the Colts, uh, quarterback situation here soon. Uh, but, you know, now <laughs> I jokingly will say that he can finally uh, sit back and, and, and kind of start a family with his wife as if he doesn't have enough kids already. Um, you know, you love to see it. Now it's time for some of this big boy buzz and free agency Two really, really good offensive linemen on the table. Now, uh, both Trent Williams of the 49ers and Orlando Brown of the uh, Baltimore Ravens are becoming free agents this offseason, which is great news for a team like Cincinnati. Uh, who's already interested in, in citing uh, Joe Tooney, Joe Thune from the Patriots and shore up that uh, that really subpar offensive line for a, a superstar level uh, quarterback in Joe Burrow. I think with protection and the, and the uh, receivers that they already have, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, those are really all you need. Uh, C.J. Uzama got hurt last season. Even Drew Sample got hurt, uh, I think, for a little bit in and out. Um, they'll likely 
part ways with AJ Green, um, but I'd say Auden Tate might step up, and then there's always John Ross. So those two are they're kind of dark horses. I would I would assume probably not going to do much, but I mean T Higgins and Joe Burrow, great connection, and Tyler Boyd is super reliable. So that's going to be probably a good team next year if they can get the O line together. Uh, next up, we got two big win now trades for the Colts and the Rams. The Rams traded Jared Goff a 2021 third rounder, a 2022 first rounder, and a 2023 first rounder, all for uh, (laughs) Matt Stafford, which I like the move. Uh, I don't really see how either team loses, although on paper it kind of seems like the Lions just highway robbery because Matt Stafford was most likely going to become a free agent here soon anyway. Not after this season. I think he had one, maybe two years left on his contract, but he was definitely going to become a free agent, and he was going to walk for free. They got two very good draft picks out of it, one decent draft pick, and a quarterback that's you know, semi-talented. I would say his biggest success in the league is because of Sean McVay. Sean McVay set him up in this really, really dynamic like play-action offense with a bunch of uh, motions behind the line of scrimmage with Josh Reynolds and and uh, Robert Woods. So super interesting, a lot of back and forth, really just trying to throw the defense off. And then his biggest thing was to get the ball out within three seconds. He was like one of the better quarterbacks in the league at one point when he was consistently getting the ball out in three seconds. Uh, I could probably call him a top 10 quarterback when he does that every time, but the Rams O-line can struggle, so can every O-line. And when that pressure comes through, he's kind of a lackluster quarterback. Uh, up next, we've got the Eagles trading Carson Wentz to the Colts in exchange for a 2021 third rounder and a 2022 second round pick. Um, again, I like this move for both teams. Uh, I have kind of slept on Carson Wentz ever since he got hurt that first time, although I did want him to succeed because he was so good before he did. People don't really remember that he was like on pace to be an MVP finalist, probably. Uh, playing super well, and the best part about this deal is that the Eagles get value, and they know that Jalen Hurts is probably their quarterback for the future. Played super well in the second half of the season, uh, even in some thriller games with like uh, uh, you know teams in the hunt, like Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were in the hunt, and then the Eagles were also technically in the hunt for a little bit. Jalen Hurts played well. It took him a little bit to warm up, but he absolutely obliterated the Saints which was a super vital game to our seeding. If we had won that, we might have secured the one seed. Um, But yeah, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future. You get two more draft picks, uh, so that'll help you with you know filling any holes because they've got a lot of holes. They're probably going to have to get rid of Darius Slate here soon. He's just a big contract. I, I would probably try to trade him and get some more cap space. But again, they're going to fill holes with those picks. They've got Jalen Hurts already. And they got rid of Carson Wentz on a huge contract, and he didn't really even earn the starting job there. So I think a fresh start for him is exactly what he needs, and I honestly really like the Colts. Uh, One of the first things that I thought to myself was, this guy's going to the New England Patriots, because I thought, if anybody can probably turn him around, it's Bill Belichick. But he's back in the same offensive system with his old offensive coordinator back with his MVP season, MVP-esque season, before he uh, he tore that ACL. And I think he's going to succeed like a lot. He's got some good receivers in Michael Pittman Jr. I like him a lot. Uh, there's that beef about number 11. I, it's not real beef. I don't know why people exaggerate that, that not giving up number 11. It, nobody has to. I mean, Chris Godwin gave it up for Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady. Who wouldn't give up their number for Tom Brady? But So that's the thing. And, you know, I think it's gonna, they're going to succeed. I think T.Y. Hilton will probably have a better season than he did last. 
Um, and I think the Colts will be solid. I mean, they're a really good running uh, team, great defense, super young, not a lot of expiring contracts on the team. They're going to be really good. I would have loved to see them go even bigger, maybe even try to get like Russ or Deshaun, but that is so much easier said than done, and everybody knows that. So I like this Carson Wentz trade. I think it's going to be good for both teams, and that's about it. So as of today, the Arizona Cardinals just reached an agreement with uh, defensive end J.J. Watt from the Texans, or should I say from free agency, because they you know uh, agreed to part ways much like uh, Matt Stafford did with the Lions, except he was traded rather than signed. So the Texans let him walk for free. I'm not surprised. I don't know why like anybody would assume that the Texans would make a smart move with J.J. Watt and just trade him for some picks at the very least. I mean, like a third rounder, fifth rounder, something. Um, that would have been nice, except, you know, the Texans are kind of a crappy organization as of now. So they let him walk because he didn't want to deal with that and they didn't want to deal with him, I guess. And he signed him with the Cardinals. I think this is super good for J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones and just the defense overall. Uh, people sleep on the fact that just one position can like utterly change the entire front seven because, you know, I saw it on Twitter. I, f- I forget who posted it, but it was somebody uh, from the Cardinals and I, and they were talking about, well, who are you going to double now? And I was like, that's a really good point because Chandler Jones has like 97 career sacks. JJ Watt has 103. They're still both playing at really high levels, both all pro uh, kind of levels. And together, I mean, what do you do to stop that? Now, like I was surprised because I thought that there were probably better circumstances for JJ Watt to be in. Uh, my top three teams for him were the Packers, the Browns and the Steelers. I think everybody just immediately thought with the, like this, the snap of a finger that he was just going to go to the Steelers because TJ and Derek were there. Um, but I, I, I was, that was actually my third pick. I thought he was probably going to go to Packers, then Browns, then Steelers uh, in that order. Packers, you know, they needed an edge rusher. They would find the cap space. I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of Aaron Jones and let AJ Dillon take over. Um, and I thought they were going to try to get J.J. Watt. And then the Browns, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not sure of their cap space situation right now, but I just know that J.J. Watt and Miles Garrett would be impossible to stop no matter what O-line you have. Colts O-line, doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, I, and I thought uh, I thought Steelers, just because, you know, it is T.J., it is Derek, and, and, and why not? I mean, why not just throw J.J. on there too? But, you know, that was my last pick, and, and Cardinals kind of caught me off guard. So I think this is going to be a really good pairing. I think it's going to make their front seven better. Uh, this defense soon here is going to be led by just Buda Baker, Chandler Jones, JJ Watt. And, and I love Isaiah Simmons. He didn't get a bunch of touches in the beginning of the year, started to get better at the end. It's, it's his rookie year. You know, it's, he's new. He's, he's got fresh set of legs. He's learning. I think he's going to be really good. He's too physically gifted to really not be. And I, he played super well in college. Uh, so that defense is probably going to be, a lot better next year. And I think the Cardinals will probably make the playoffs, except that division's kind of stacked once the 49ers are healthy. Uh, moving on, you know, we got, you know, we before we talk about probably the most influential player in this entire offseason in Deshaun Watson, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson. You know, that name has been thrown around a little bit on Twitter and, and in the sports world right now. Um, he's... New to the free agent rumors, but the suitors are quick to pounce, obviously, because it's Russell Wilson. Uh, He's a great player, and it's drawing lots of attention, although I'm not really sure it'll matter. 
The likelihood of him leaving Seattle is pretty low, and there's been like no official trade request or anything up until this point. Although rumors around the league place Wilson as like disappointed with uh, how much he's been getting hit. And I'll tell you what, it, it's only going to get worse from here because he plays the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Rams twice. And each of them have two elite pass rushers. So I hate to break it to you, Russ, but you're going to get hit probably all year again because that Seahawks O-line is not very good, and you are playing in a division full of elite pass rushers. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's he's worried that they're not setting him up for success. I even heard somewhere that he doesn't have enough weapons around him, which I find absurd. Chris Carson's great, although a lot of people don't really credit the running back to a quarterback success. I think DK is really good. I really like Tyler Lockett. I, I I don't understand how you can say he doesn't have enough weapons. But, uh, you know, if he were to go to another team, uh, I've heard that he dropped a list, and there was only four teams that he'd go to, which would be the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears. Personally, I think he'd look good in the black and gold, but that's just me. Completely unbiased opinion, I promise. Um, But he does have the no-trade clause in his contract, meaning if they want to trade him somewhere other than those four teams, he can just turn it down. So that's that. I doubt he'll move. If he does, I really want him to go to the Saints, although we can't afford him. We'll figure out a way somehow, just drop all of our other players, which would be pointless because I feel like, you know, I mean, are the Saints the Saints anymore if we don't have all these players? But whatever, we'll, we'll move on. So, you know, we, we've talked about him before, but let's just address the elephant in the room, uh, Deshaun Watson. Watson's met with the staff, and he still wants out in the past few days. Talked to him about the future and the team. Uh, he still wants out. No question, he wants to be traded. He requested it already, and, and, and he is looking for every opportunity to get out of there. He released a new list of possible spots he'd like to be, including the 49ers, the Broncos, the Panthers, the Dolphins, and the Jets. Uh, the Broncos is the most surprising out of that new list. I didn't see that as like any potential suitor for him. Uh, but the Dolphins and the Panthers are, are definitely the most doable, although the Jets could put together probably the best package just because they have so much cap space. They have decent pieces like Jamison Crowder, which they'd probably have to move. And then they obviously have the first pick in the draft, which, no, they don't. They have the second pick. Uh, my fault. They have the second pick in the draft. Um, you know, I love the idea of Deshaun Watson on the Panthers. Uh, I hate the idea of, of him like ending up in the Saints division uh, as well as Tom Brady, you know, so that would really suck. I don't know if the Saints would make the playoffs, but the Panthers are willing to trade Christian McCaffrey and up to three future first round picks for Watson. And I'd be lying if this trade didn't actually make sense for both teams. It sounds like highway robbery, but let me explain. Uh, you know, CMC, he's he's downright gifted. He's in a he's above average between the tackles. He's excellent in open field and the secondary, and he's obviously like the the best or the second best, maybe behind Kamara, but probably best receiving back in the league. Uh, you know, he three future first round picks would probably include a likely trade of the Panthers' 2021 top 10 pick this draft which would supply them a chance to immediately replace the quarterback position in Deshaun Watson, somebody like Zach Wilson or somebody like Trey Lance. So they're looking at a completely new franchise running back and a possible new franchise quarterback who actually is excited to be there, along with two future first-round picks. I don't see 
how that trade doesn't work for the Texans. Now, let me talk why it works for the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers have my favorite receiving core in the league. Um, he is, he, he would be surrounded by Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. And, and DJ Moore is like a top three underrated receiver in the league. Curtis Samuel is a speed demon. I love him out of Ohio State. And Robbie Anderson, we all know the drill. He came from the Jets. Super, super good. He struggled, and I think that's more Teddy Bridgewater's fault than his, although I will place some blame on him. I noticed that he's he kind of struggles in, in the deep game, um, but that offense just didn't seem complete without CMC, although I think if they traded Christian McCaffrey, they obviously have this second-string running back, one of the better second strings in the league that has already proved that he can carry his own. He, he can actually thrive in an offense like that because he did it. He did it, and he did it for multiple weeks while Christian McCaffrey was out when he was injured for like the first seven weeks or like, well, I'll say I think he played the first game and then he was injured for like seven weeks. But Mike Davis is super, super good. I see no downside for either team. I see a setup for the Texans for the future that will <laughs> skyrocket their ticket sales at the very least, if not improve their record and and and, and hopefully fill some holes for them, um, set them on the right path. And then the Panthers automatically come become contenders their defense is young they've got jeremy chin they've got shaq thompson they got brian burns one of the most underrated pass rushers in the league they've got uh dante jackson trey boston super super good uh defense and it's super young uh i love the receiving core the o-line will need a little bit of work so deshaun watson's gonna need protection but it's actually a better o-line probably than the texans uh, Deshaun Watson, he was a top three quarterback last season with like a struggling O-line and a receiver core that struggled unless your name's Will Fuller, uh, who's pretty much all but left the Texans. I, I would say he's probably going to just dip, especially after knowing that Watson wants out. The Panthers have just an incredible receiving core. It's a great, great uh, position to be in for Watson, and, and it's a great trade. So I'd love to see that happen. Uh, I'm a big fan of Watson. I can't say that I like watching him more than Patrick Mahomes, but I definitely get a different, like, equal kind of feeling like, wow, Watson's amazing for this reason. Wow, Mahomes is amazing for this reason. I love them both equally. They're they're great players, and, and, and they're so fun to watch. Um, so I, I, I think that would be awesome. I, I would love to see him in Carolina. Uh, but moving on. Uh, so now we're in the NBA. We have reached the second half of the season. And we are accompanied by New Jersey's coaching changes, all-star announcements, and a growing sense of the top seeds come playoff time. So the Hawks fired their head coach, Lloyd Pierce, uh, yesterday, actually. They're 14-20 and 20 this season, and they've got injuries throughout the entire team. They traded for Bogdanovich. No, they signed him in free agency. They, they, they signed Bogdanovich in free agency, signed a bunch of new players. Chris Dunn... Um, Rondo, who is struggling, their team is just struggling in general. Trey Young was in a slump for a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you can blame it on the coach, but if they think that they can, then let's see if they can get a fresh new start with their new interim head coach, Nate McMillan, who had success on the Pacers. Uh, and the Timberwolves as well, my team, finally fired the head coach, Ryan Saunders, at a record of 7-28. and Worst record in the league. We're looking at back-to-back -back number one overall picks which I can't complain about, but at some point we need some success. Please build around Carl Anthony Towns. I am begging. He shoots 40% from three every season. 
he's like a top three big if you give him help. But you have to be able to space the floor. And we are filled with injuries right now. D'Angelo Russell is out. Uh, Cat was just got back. Anthony Edwards is like the only consistent player on the team. And, and, and you know, Malik Beasley is out for a 12-game suspension. And then he'll probably do time. Do some kind of time or probation or house arrest for like 120 days in the offseason. Because he basically threatened a person with a gun. So our team is a mess. And we're 7-28. I hope that our new coach, Chris Finch from the Raptors, is going to help try to at least get us like 20, 30 wins on the season. I just at, at least give me something. But at this point, it's like, why not just tank? But I don't want to tank and everybody knows that we're tanking. I want to tank and like have everybody think that we're just trying and we suck so bad that we're just going to keep getting the first round pick. And then I want to trade it for assets. Maybe go after Bradley Beal, blah, blah, blah. Try to turn the team around in the offseason. Moving on. All-Star Weekend's coming up, along with some of our favorite events, like the three-point contest, the dunk contest. Dunk's got OB top in. Three-point contest is probably going to be a little bit more entertaining this year than I'd say the dunk contest is, which is is weird to say. I, I don't think I've ever said that in my life. Uh, but it's got Jalen Brown, it's got Jason Tatum, it's got Steph Curry, I think it's got Bradley Beal, Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Yeah, so maybe not Dame Lillard, but uh, everybody else uh, in the three-point contest, that's going to be kind of, I think that's going to be really good, like pretty entertaining to watch. So uh, let's talk about the, the the lineups for the All-Star teams. You know, in the East, uh, Kevin Durant's the captain, then we got Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, uh, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving all thriving right now. Bradley, the Wizards have actually had a decent turnaround. I think they won like eight of their last nine games, and I saw that a few days ago, so it's probably changed by now. But Kyrie's playing really well. He's obviously missed some games, but we all know how good he is. Uh, I did have my doubts before the season started, though. I'm not going to lie. I I definitely did. I was worried that he would struggle uh, because he's playing with two ball-dominant players. And when the season started, it was just one, but Katie is – I trusted that KD could work with him a little bit, but now three, I was worried, and, and they're thriving. Uh, you know, some could even say that James Harden might have deserved in this last stretch that he had to like be an All Star starter now instead of uh, Kyrie Irving. But here we are. Uh, Joel Embiid, like I said, uh, easily the favorite for the MVP right now. Giannis, back to back MVPs. We all know how dominant he is. And then KD, uh, I think him and Bradley Beal are leading the league in scoring points per game right now. And he's efficient, and he is incredible to watch, and he is the best scorer of all time, in my opinion. Uh, but for the reserves for the East, we've got Jason Tatum, we've got Jalen Brown, both on the Celtics. They're thriving. I love that duo. Uh, James Harden, like I said, you could argue maybe he could have been a starter, but you know, I respect this decision. I, I can't really argue with this. Kyrie was playing better for longer, it seems like. After James, we got Zach Levine, Julius Randle leading the Knicks to a four seed in the East right now. Amazing turnaround from last year. Him and Obi Toppin, Austin Rivers, um, you know, a bunch of like young players, but good defense. I love Derrick Rose, although he's out. I just got an update. He's out uh, tonight in his game, but I'm so glad that he's back on a team that's going to give him a little bit of a bigger role. I was tired of seeing him on the Pistons. I don't like him on the Pistons. Uh, so Julius Randle and then Ben Simmons as well as Nikola Vucevic. I like that pick. I'm glad that he got some recognition. He's really underrated, as well as DeMontis Sabonis, who is just blowing the competition out of the water right now, it feels like. So underrated. Super good big man. 
And I feel like people sleep on the Pacers every year, and it's just because of their postseason presence. And they normally kind of like ease their way into this four or five seed in the East. And they are so good to just end up like that. I mean, they have Miles Turner. They have Bogdanovich. They have DeMontis Sabonis. They have Malcolm Brogdon. And and, and now they're going to have Karis LeVert once he comes back from the surgery. So that is quite the impressive starting lineup. But let's move on to the West. Um, you know, we've got LeBron James as the captain. Steph Curry now, who is also another MVP candidate. Kind of a dark horse, but he's really one of the only reasons that the Warriors are doing so well. I think they're the seventh seed in the West right now. We'll talk about that later. Luka Doncic is a starter. Nikola Jokic is another MVP finalist. But like I said, Joel Embiid is definitely the winner as of right now. And then Kawhi Leonard. You know, the claw, everybody knows and loves him. He's kind of this stays to himself, which is why I think that kind of surprised me a little bit. I didn't know how well he was doing this season, but he's playing very well. The Clippers are the second seed in the West. No, third. Third seed behind the Lakers, and they're playing well. You know, uh, Paul George is playing well. I like their addition of Serge Ibaka. I think they're going to be much better in the postseason than they were last year. I don't think that they're going to sell this 3-1 lead against the Nuggets again. Uh, it's likely that they make it to a conference championship. But now let's talk about the reserves. We've got Anthony Davis. We've got Paul George, like I said, playing really well. Really well. Rudy Gobert, him and Ben Simmons, uh, probably the deep boy candidates. Uh, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell's a, a superstar. He, 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 I, I feel like he always seems to ease into these things, like just creep right in. And then I look at his stats and I'm like, he totally should have been like one of the first picks for sure. Like I, I, I he just falls under my radar, and maybe it's because he plays for the Jazz. Although I should, I should, he, they're putting the league on notice. I mean, they're the one seed in the West. I think they have the best record in the league. They are playing very well. Uh, after Donovan Mitchell, we've got Chris Paul, point god. Literally love him. He's playing so well. He is elevating the Suns as as well as Devin Booker. I love Devin Booker so much, but. Chris Paul elevating the Suns to, I think, the four seed or something like that. Uh, just playing outstanding. Zion Williamson just had this record. I, I think it was like 30-point triple-doubles or something like that. The, like the I don't know. He was like the most. I don't know. I don't know the stats, so I, try, I won't try to quote it. But, yeah, he is playing outstanding. Uh, the Pelicans are as good as they are mostly because of Zion. Uh, Zoe's a good ball kind of handler and definitely a great facilitator, good defender. Brandon Ingram, a little bit fell off, but he's still playing well. J.J. Redick will have his slumps here and there, but he's a great shooter. We all know that. Uh, and then the last one, Devin Booker, like I said, him and Chris Paul are elevating the Suns like crazy, uh, taking them to new heights with Don DeAndre Ayton. I really like that team. I love their jerseys. I love really everything about them. But, you know, I didn't expect such a turnaround. You know, I saw the addition of Chris Paul, and I just – it amazes me how much he affects every team he's on. That Rockets team probably could have made the finals when he was on it with James Harden when they when they made it to the conference finals. They like they probably could have beat the Warriors. Uh, you know, <laughs> he was on a Thunder lineup that nobody thought would succeed, and, and all of a sudden they were in the playoffs. And now he's on the Suns team when when I even myself didn't really think that as good as he was if it could help enough just because they get another guard and here they are just playing out of their minds so uh that's super super interesting to me um but th this is the all-star starters and their and their reserves as for the east and west it should be a pretty good game they're gonna do those kobe tributes uh rest in peace um and they're gonna award that uh all-star game mvp you know kobe bryant which i would assume would probably go to kd or lebron but 
you know, no spoilers, I guess. I mean, it's it seems like it's kind of just uh, kind of self-explanatory. Like it's 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 probably just going to go to the captains, but I, I'm not quite sure. So I'm, I'm probably going to tune in. Normally, All-Star games have like aren't super interesting, but I think since like 2018 or so, I think I think that was the year when they did uh, the black and white jerseys. It was super competitive, so I think that was a super good one. And since then, they've they've been pretty good. So I'm excited to watch this one. I'll probably tune in. It should be a good one. All right, let's talk about seeding in the NBA. Uh, you know, we like I said, we've reached kind of the second half of this little bit shortened season. I think it's like 72 games or so, like 70 or something like that, instead of the 82, because it started so early after the Lakers won the championship. It was probably two months of rest, and and, and that was just it would be such a crazy turnaround that we shorten the season. So in the shortened season, you know, the MVP race, it hasn't changed much since we last talked about it. Like I said, Joel Embiid still seems to be the run- runaway candidate for it. LeBron James is always in the mix. He he always creeps into it. Year 18, and he's still playing like an MVP. Although I wouldn't give him the award this year if we were to give out the awards right now. Nikola Jokic is playing out of his mind, probably the best passing center of all time. I don't think I could... Think of anyone else off the top of my head that's better at passing than that guy. Uh, super fun race. I like Steph Curry, too. I mean, th- those are four really good players. All uh, That's the biggest thing about most valuable player. It's exactly that. I don't like giving out MVPs to the best player if they're on a good team because I just don't understand the principle of it. I would rather give it to a player that's averaging almost the same stats on a team that would be far worse without them than a player that's averaging a little bit better stats, but they're on a better team. Uh, if you're in a better situation, I feel like you're not as valuable. But, you know, that can go round and round. I understand uh, the better team is maybe because of them. So, yeah, that could go in circles. But the MVP race hasn't changed much, uh, but the season continues. And, and with that, the seeding has kind of gotten this little bit of a jolt uh, a lot of teams have kind of flipped it on their heads. Like I said, the Wizards, they won like the last like eight of their nine. Now they're they're nowhere really near the playoffs, but they definitely had this big win streak going on, and it, it, it was it was kind of nice to see. So I like these mix-ups. Let's talk about the seeding. Let's start with the East. Uh, number one, 70, 76ers, again, led by MVP candidate Joel Embiid. Next up is the Nets. Right now, I think James Harden is like – such a dark horse for MVP, and it's crazy because I didn't think to think of him. But yeah, the, the two seeds of the Nets, so that's what brought it up. Uh, James Harden, in the past like 15 games, I, I keep seeing his stat lines. It's like 28, 15, and 14. It's like 26, 11, and 10. It is crazy numbers, and I think it's because KD's out for a little bit, so he's got to be a little bit more ball dominant. And, and, and when I say ball dominant, I mean just having the ball in your hands. You don't have to score to be ball dominant, but he's facilitating the offense. He's, he's playing a lot more like a point guard than people think that he normally does, and he's kind of running the offense, and, and Kyrie's in and out with injuries. But he's playing very good right now. And if he can keep this up, I think he's probably going to place in the finalists for the MVP. But 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 that's just kind of a hot take. I know that Jokic, I know that Curry, and I know that Embiid are probably going to be the last three. Maybe LeBron, but I don't know. Uh, next up, we got the Bucks at the three seed. Uh, Giannis, Chris Middleton, those kinds of guys. They're good. I don't know how to feel about them. I'm not sure they're ever going to make it super far in the playoffs. I don't know if they have enough in the tank or or just enough help. I I, I don't know. But 
I'm not super high on them because I haven't been before. So I'm going to stick with my gut. I don't know how they'll do in the postseason, but they're doing great right now. So the Bucks are the three seed in the East. Uh, next up are the Knicks. <laughs> like I said, such a turnaround. I think they're like 18 and 17. Julius Randle is a monster. I love Derrick Rose on the team. Uh, they got good young guys. They got Obi Toppin, who's going to be in the dunk contest, playing pretty well. Uh, so, yeah, Knicks are the four seed, good defense, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Heat are in the five seed, and I knew they would turn it around. Uh, I think the last time we talked about this, they were pretty negative. I think they were like 12 and 17, something like that. And they've turned it around since then. They're now the five seed in the East. But if you notice, it doesn't take that many games for you to go up or down like four seeds in the East just because it's, let's be real, it's not as good as the West. The West is far better than the East. But the Heat have gotten themselves up to the five seed. The Celtics now with the six seed, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I love them. Uh, the seven seed of the Raptors. I always tend to sleep on them, and they, and they'll you know, the year that they won the championship, I really didn't think they were going to make it that far. And Kawhi Leonard had probably one of the best postseason runs we have ever seen. So I'm gonna keep sleeping on the Raptors, but that's just because I want them to prove me wrong. Uh, and then you know, the eight seed is the Hornets. Kind of a surprise too, you know. When they told me, or when I found out, not when they told me, but when I found out that they drafted LaMelo Ball, I was like, sweet. I can't wait to see him probably win Rookie of the Year, although I liked the Anthony Edwards pick for the Wolves. I figured that LaMelo would win the Rookie of the Year. Uh, he's he's playing like one. And, and I didn't really think that the Hornets had all that in them, but they have been winning close game after close game. I keep seeing, seeing game winners from Terry Rozier, and he's dropping like 20-something a game now. LaMelo's had this huge spark. And, and, you know, they're just, they're kind of playing far beyond the expectations that I had for them. So I'm super impressed with them. You know, those are the eight seeds right now that would make the playoffs, but followed by the Pacers, the Bulls, the Hawks, the Wizards, the Magic, the, uh, the Cavs, and then the Pistons in that order. As bad as the Pistons are, they do not have the worst record in the league. That belongs to my Timberwolves. And I'm so, so proud of their seven and 28 record. But let's move on to the West. Uh, number one seed is the Jazz, the best record in the league. Uh, technically, if you want to look at it on paper, the best team in the league right now. Um, the, the, you know Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, super really underrated team. I feel like they always slip under the radar like I was talking about, and they always surprise people. So I hope they keep surprising me. Uh, Rudy Gobert is definitely a defensive player of the year candidate, so we'll see how that turns out. And uh, the two-seed Lakers, obviously LeBron, another dark horse MVP candidate. Kuzma has been stepping up this year without AD, just in general, though. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker's pretty pretty fun to watch. And then they've got Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, however you want to say it. Montrez Harold, so two of the last six-man candidates, and, and then a, a winner of the award last year. Um, really good players. You know, they got Marcus Saul. I like him, although he's not even a shell of what he used to be. Um, Good team. They've got far better role players than last year. I think they're going to make it super far. I like the two seed. They'll probably end up the one seed, but that's just me. Maybe the Jazz end up with a better regular season record. I don't know, but I think that the Lakers will make far deeper of a playoff run. And they're doing all of this kind of with a slump right now without AD. I definitely think they're going to put it together. As a matter of fact, I know they're going to put it together. LeBron is not going to settle for... Uh, you know, the three seed or anything like that in the West. And even if somebody thought that he would, I just, I think the Lakers are too good to let that even happen. So Lakers are super good. I, I, I like watching them play. I think it's really fun to watch. Uh, there's not a lot of games that I'll just 
tune in on on a Tuesday night because they're playing and it's like, okay, I'll watch a Lakers game. Okay, I'll watch a Timberwolves game. One, because those are my team. That's my team. And then the Lakers are fun as well. So that's why I like watching those two teams and then like the Suns as well. So the three seed Clippers, like I said, Paul George playing well. Kawhi Leonard playing well as an all-star starter. Uh, Serge Ibaka was a good addition. They still have Patrick Beverly. Obviously, Lou Williams is good. Uh, good team all around. They're playing better than they did last season, in my opinion. New coach. Uh, so I don't know how they're, they'll fare in the offseason. I, I, postseason, I mean. And I think that they'll probably thrive. I would assume that they'll make the conference championship, but I, I don't want to uh, jinx anything. So the four-seed Suns are next. Um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker completely elevated this team. DeAndre Ayton's playing well. But I really like the uh, I really like Devin Booker and Chris Paul together. I think they fit even better than James Harden and Chris Paul did, which I know sounds weird, but I think that they mesh a lot better because Chris Paul can like still give you twenty and twelve or something like that. But I like it better when he's maybe just given like eighteen and like thirteen, fourteen. You know, more invested in trying to like. Uh, space the floor and get it to the shooters on the wing or just let Devin Booker cook. Although Chris Paul is very capable of doing his thing. Um, the five seed, the Spurs. I mean, I th- I feel like people started sleeping on them, which I did too, but I don't think we can ever, ever count out the San Antonio Spurs. I don't think that we can. Greg Popovich is incredible and they've got good players. I mean, Lonnie Walker, DeMar DeRozan, those kinds of role players. I, I appreciate those guys. I liked DeRozan a lot when I was younger. I, I still kind of do, but he just I feel like he doesn't get enough limelight when he's not on the Raptors with this like funny little duo with him and Kyle Lowry anymore. So I miss that duo, but you know, he's still playing well. So uh Spurs at 5. Blazers now at the 6 seed, you know, Melo's been playing pretty well this season. Dame and CJ obviously great. Uh, you know, they've got good bigs. They got, uh, Robert Covington in a trade from the Rockets, which I always think is a good pickup. Anybody with Robert Covington instantly upgrades on the wing with defense. He's probably, he's probably going to be an all NBA kind of defense kind of guy again. He's so good. Um, the seven seed is the Nuggets, which is kind of a surprise. A lot of people I know going into this season, especially with Jokic at such a high value for his, his MVP kind of status. Uh, kind of, I think we all assumed that the Nuggets would have a better record than this. Uh, Jamal Murray, uh, Jokic, uh, MPJ. I love Michael Porter Jr., super good scorer. I like to watch his jump shot is so clean and fast. Um, but the Nuggets, you know, I'm sure they'll do fine in the postseason, but for now, it's a little bit disappointing. Thought they'd be top five or six seeds, but I can understand why the Suns have crept their way in there and, and not just crept. I mean, I think they've kind of like busted the doors open, they're playing super well. And then the eight seed is the Warriors, which I kind of assumed that they would be skating in and out of the playoffs as the season was going on. Uh, I think that they'll probably end up as like a six, probably seven seed. Steph Curry is <laughs> probably, I'm going to be as least controversial as I possibly can and say he's a top three point guard of all time, although I, I could specify that if I needed to. Um, he's a top three point guard of all time. He changed the game. He's the best shooter of all time. He can carry a team. We've seen him do it before. Although he does have good pieces. He's got Andrew Wiggins. He's got Draymond Green still. Clay is out. Although I think everyone that watches the NBA really wishes he was back. The splash brothers are so fun to watch, but yeah, the eight seed warriors. I'm not disappointed in that. 
you know, I'm not, not I'm not mad about that, but I, I do think that they'll probably end up uh, around the six or seven, or probably the seventh seed. Uh, but the Western Conference, you know, those are the eight seeds, but they're followed by the Mavericks, which have been very disappointing this season, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Kings, the Rockets, the Timberwolves, all in that order. Timberwolves are officially the worst team in the league. I, I don't think that it gets... Much easier to say than that. They are 7-28. and 28. I don't know the last time I've seen a team go like that, although the Pistons are like 9-27 and 27 or something, so pretty close. Uh, but yeah, I'm just ashamed of the Timberwolves. I don't really know what to say. But <laughs> I just, oh gosh, it's embarrassing. But yeah, let's forget about the NBA for now. Let's talk about March Madness, people. It's March. It's it, it. March is now upon us, and it never really dawned on me how close we were to like the greatest basketball event there is, because we missed it last year. But March Madness is on its way, and we are in for a great one. Although I don't know that there's ever really a bad March Madness. Gonzaga's a powerhouse. Baylor's great too. West Virginia. They just played tonight. Uh, you know, despite their loss to Kansas, Baylor is very good. Uh, the Big Ten is absolutely stacked. <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State, uh, just, I don't know how you have that many, it, it's crazy. Uh, you know, anything can happen. Like I said, you know, I'm talking about these powerhouses, I'm talking about these great teams, but anybody that watches March Madness knows that anything can happen, especially 12 seeds beating 5 seeds, so you better have a few of those on your brackets, because we all know how that happens. Uh, but, you know, anything can happen in the tourney, there's a few sleepers pretty much everywhere, uh, anything in between 10 and 25 for the ratings, I think are very capable of pulling up, uh, pulling off upsets in like the sweet 16 and stuff like that. Cade Cunningham can probably single-handedly beat <laughs> a team by himself. Uh, and then there's just, you know, West Virginia. I really like, uh, I really like them. And then, you know, although there's really never been, been a March Madness that's bad before. I know, I know I just said this, but there's really never been a bad one, but how can you not like feel like a kid on Christmas with this? I actually tweeted this out. I was like, I just remembered that March Madness was a thing and now I feel like this kid on Christmas because like now I'm just waiting. I'm waiting and waiting until I can download my March Madness live app and I can watch or listen to at the very least sports while I'm sitting and doing mindless work at school, or just when I get home and whatever. But March Madness basketball is on its way, people, and and I, <laughs> I'm so excited for it. But that's gonna do it for this episode. I'm glad that we are back to covering the sports I love with you guys. As always, spread the word about this podcast. Tell anybody that you know. Make sure that they listen. Drop a comment or like or review anything like that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Anchor, any of those three. Uh, go follow my new TikTok account. I'm going to be posting like uh, sports content. Probably going to try to do like a daily upload as much as possible. Daily ish is what I'm going to call it. So go follow that sports with AP, uh, all lowercase, no uh, spaces. I'm going to try to start posting some daily content with like that green screen, looking at tweets, asking people questions, responding to other tweets, uh, any news, try and break that down. And then we'll go dive, we'll dive deeper into it on this podcast, which will come out every Monday now. Although I know that it's releasing this Wednesday, you know, I'm recording it Tuesday night. Uh, and so I hope you guys really enjoy this podcast again, tell your friends, um, 
I'm glad for you guys coming out and uh, go watch some sports.